you know, when I hold my ATBs, it's usually at nighttime after I've had like four beers and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go hold this ATB. It'll be all right. And usually it is, but every once in a while there's a little bloodletting. It just is what it is, man. <laughs> Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast. Got another amazing podcast coming up for you this week. And if you guys could, much like last week, give this a thumbs up or give us an iTunes, iTunes review or wherever you review these podcast things, that would be super awesome and and it would help the podcast i'm doing really bad at talking good start so as far as what i have available i have plenty of corn snakes available as well as substrates on the website i'm going to be adding corn snakes as i go here uh should be more very 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 soon here so i'm really really pumped to show you guys what i produce because honestly i haven't posted a bunch on instagram but i have a bunch of animals that are ready to go and which are going to be uh kind of a little bit of a surprise maybe you didn't know we we had so if you want to go check out the website other than that i don't really have much to tell you um yeah today's podcast i have you may know him from rage beard reptiles he works with apodora papuana he works with bread lie he works with inland carpets he works with brisbane's all types of morelia as well as apodora austin warwick welcome back to the podcast Thanks for having me on, man. Good to, yeah, of course. Good to be here. Oh, uh, yeah. I always love having a friend on so we can just bullshit snakes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, uh, I haven't been doing much. Just kind of starting to get everything, like, real cleaned up for, I guess, kind of slowing stuff down. You know, I've got a couple things that I'm going to be pumping some food into, but I'm just kind of replacing mulch, doing my, like, I do it about twice a year, a uh, pretty big mulch change out and... So I'm kind of like doing a couple cages a week because it's kind of a whole ordeal. I use a cypress mulch, so I bake it all. And it. my wife hates it because it smells the house up real bad. But uh, I'm just not going to go grab some bags of mulch from Lowe's and toss it into my snake cages. It's just seeing too many bad things happen from that. So not me personally, but people I know have had bad things happen to them. So. Yeah, I know in particular, especially I think I was talking maybe it was a couple of weeks ago with Ryan about getting things wholesale. And a lot of times when you do get things from, say, a farm store or stuff like that, especially Aspen, I've had those little wood mites, which are harmless. But, um, yeah, I'm sure it's probably the same the same ordeal with the, the cypress mulch. Yeah, I've actually heard of dudes getting uh, legit mites from cypress mulch. If, if you're not treating it, like you're not... I just bake it. I throw my oven up to 450 and toss like I get those giant. Um, it's like what you would cook like a casserole dish, but it's disposable. It's tinfoil disposable pans. They're like six inches deep or so. And I fill it full to the top and I stick it in the oven at for 30 minutes at 450. And as long as it's steaming when it comes out, then nothing's living in that. And I feel safe to toss it in the cage. I, Give it, I just kind of pull each snake out at a time and put them in like a in a bath or whatever, a little hydration bath, and let them do their thing in a tub and and for the next two three hours bake mulch to replace in all their cages. So 
it's time consuming and it's a pain, but, uh, I don't know. I only do it like twice a year and I spot clean. I'll do like a, like a couple batches and like fill in if I start to lose too much from spot cleaning, you know, but I mean, it's, it's not that big of a deal. I, it, it's a little time consuming, but it's cheap and it's not having to gut a whole cage when you're using paper and replace everything, which drives me nuts. It's that if you ask me, that's time consuming, but and that, that cypress comes in a little bit like damp right out of the bag, right? Yeah, sometimes too damp. Sometimes, honestly, like I have to like, uh, I got a bag this last batch. It's It was just like soaking wet and you can't put that in the cage with the snake, obviously, because it's just too, it's too much, it's too much humidity. And I've uh, actually ran into a problem with that with uh, one of my wild caught Apodora that I, you know, you live and you learn, but she was, she's my younger one, uh, my younger female, uh, I put her in a cage and I thought, Oh, it's kind of damp. I baked it and everything, but, um, I guess it just was too wet and the, the tub didn't allow for enough, um, air transfer and it ended up getting too moist and she was wild caught and she was pretty fresh, you know? Uh, so I figured there's going to be some stuff issues anyway. And I'm not entirely sure that that's what caused it, but uh, she ended up getting a mild uh, upper respiratory uh, about two weeks after I got her. She was in pretty rough shape whenever I got her to begin with, but I'm sure that didn't help things out. So uh, I, I I try to refrain from putting even the too, too moist stuff in there. Uh, and if I get a bag that's real wet, I'll just refrain from even baking that. I'll stick it out in the middle of my yard and let it kind of bake under the sun, cut a couple holes in it, and then bake it in the oven once it's dried out a little bit yeah that's something that i used to use i mean probably when i was keeping more morelia and uh, other rare pythons i was using a bunch more but i had found that kind of when it dried out it stayed dry which i'm sure is not a problem there in texas but when i was in like upstate new york it just it wasn't cutting it it as far as rehydrating if it dries out it gets real dusty and it's hard to rehydrate uh you really have to soak it down to do that. And uh, so what I just do, any uh, any of my cages that have that in it, typically twice a week, I'll just take my uh, like two and a half gallon pump sprayer and just completely saturate the cage. And it, I've got all my big cages have really good ventilation. So I don't worry about like things getting too funky, you know, and I've got air purifiers that I run and I do an air exchange in this room once a week whenever I do my deep clean weekly. And, uh, you know, it, it, as long as you keep it super wet a couple times a week, you don't run into it. But there is a point like after about six months, it's like it just can't. It's like it doesn't work anymore. It's weird. I don't doesn't really make sense why it wouldn't. But it's like something changes and it does get too dry. And that's kind of why I change it out every two or twice a year just because And that. Plus, you get a buildup of funk and it kind of just breaks down and gets real dusty. So like last time I was there this like a week ago, I was doing it and uh I'm allergic to a lot of trees, like a lot of trees. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like dumping all this old, old cypress mulch out and it puffs up in my face. And dude, I was like caught. It was bad. I was having like an allergic reaction. I probably was having like a mild allergic reaction. I was, it was pretty bad. I was coughing for the next like three days after I did that. So I think next go around whenever I'm changing stuff out, I've got a like 3M cartridge respirator. I think I'm going to end up wearing that because it messes my lungs up really bad. It sounds lame and wimpy, but I I think I'm allergic to it. So that's great. 
No, man, I don't blame you because a lot of times I try to I try to break up like uh, cocoa core and cocoa chips and I try yeah. to do it as dry as possible because I'm usually mixing it with other things and substrates and I'm looking to get an accurate weight on them. Like I don't want to I don't want to have damp cocoa in some of my substrates that I'm selling because obviously I want the weight to be accurate. Yeah. So I do my best. Like I will take an actual handsaw and I'll sand, I'll saw like the cocoa in half and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And dude, dust just kind of flies everywhere. So I always wear at least like a, a mask that kind of helps, which I mean, back in the day, that was kind of a big deal. Like, oh, I got to go out and get a mask. But now it's just kind of uh, <laughs> what we do. So, yeah. Well, I work, I do, I do contracting. So I've got one, I got a, like those cartridge 3M like painters ones that like you can like twist off and replace it. Yeah. Like a re- legit one. So I've always got it in my truck and I don't know why I didn't think to use it last time, but, and, and it, it's more than just like the tree, like you're breathing in like funk from like the animals peeing and like, there's a lot of stuff. So it's probably not the best thing to be breathing in, in the first place. You know, even though I do run a pretty decent air purifier in here and all that stuff, it's, and I clean my filters out on my, my split, split, uh, split unit, you know, my, uh, AC heater unit. I mean, it's probably just not the best thing to be breathing in. I was coughing for a couple of days and I was going into homeowners houses because I do all this work for people and I'm like coughing. I'm like, I don't have COVID. I'm all, I'm, I'm just, I breathe, I breathed in a bunch of cypress mulch. But, yeah. <laughs> so, sounds so normal. It makes, makes for an awkward conversation, you know? <laughs> yeah. So not a lot of people, I feel like pay attention to airflow. So can you yeah. talk a little bit more about that? Um, so the beginning of like doing this for me, I was like a a lurker quite a bit. I didn't, um, contribute and I still, sometimes I feel like I should probably contribute a little bit more, but, uh, I just remember being on the forums and people talking about like doing air transfers in the room. Cause a lot of people have the same kind of setup that I do where there's not ventilation in here. You know, um, what you have in here is what you get from opening and closing the door or opening the window, you know. Um, and uh, so a thing that I latched onto pretty early in my keeping of snakes was uh, being anal retentive as hell about cleaning my water bowls and stuff out, uh, not having any kind of stagnant water, uh, weak tops. I mean, tops, usually I try to go like five, six days. Um, and also uh, the air. I mean, I, I just kind of put my snakes in the perspective of if I was stuck in a room all day long, I wouldn't want to be breathing in a bunch of funky ass air that isn't, hasn't, there's no air transfer. There's nothing that's scrubbing the air, you know, um, being in a room like this, I fight with things like mold, uh, just because of the humidity down here. I mean, so it's we have about like a month where in the summer where it gets kind of low, like August, it's not humid. It gets so damn dry. I mean, you live down here, you know how it is. It's like, it's humid from June through July in the early part of August. And then like mid September or August to September, it gets pretty dry. Typically this year is kind of a weird year. It hasn't been, but excuse me. Uh, usually it is extremely dry here in August. And then, you have, uh, it gets real dry in, in, uh, like January, February, but that's more, I think running heaters and stuff, which is what everybody deals with, you know? Um, but I just, 
I, I kind of, I open my window. I make a point as long as it's, as, as long as it's like decent temperature outside, I'll open my window. And when I say decent, I'm not talking about cold. I'm talking about it's too damn hot down here. Um, I'll open my window, even when I'm just like coming in here just for a little bit, just to kind of do a mini air exchange. And then usually whether it's Saturday or Friday night or Sunday, when I'm doing my deep clean, which usually takes me, I timed it. It's between four and five hours depending on the week and how tired I am. Uh, I remember we were talking about that last time we were on. So I actually did do a, a timing on it and uh, I I'll open that window and I open the door to my snake room and I just let it, whoops. I let it like suck all of the, the air just kind of become like a breezeway, you know? And I have this, uh, it's a Holmes. Uh, I can't remember what the rating is on this filter. I'll look at it in a second. But it's a, a air purifier that I have cranked up to full blast 24-7. I don't ever turn it down. It's constantly running. Um, I just, the little things like air and water purification, I think that's like the, the most minimal thing that you can do to make sure everything's okay. You know, I keep a fairly low temperature room. I mean, it may get up to 80 every once in a while, but typically it's like 76, 77 for my ambient in here. So um, I don't worry about temperature too much. Uh, obviously you don't want to get too cold or too hot, but I kind of try to keep it on the lower end of like comfortable things, you know, for them. So, yeah, I think we, and I think we've all had that time where we open up that tub and it's kind of like a urate shit sauna in there yep. and you're just like, there's no way that that is cool. Yep. Yep. And I'll even like, if I get it to where it's like that, like sometimes I'll have mulch that would like, they'll dump their tub or whatever, dump their water bowl in their tub. I'll just take like half of that mulch out and put fresh mulch it. Cause I'll bake some and put it in a bin so that it's just ready to go. And I'll replace it. Cause I don't want stuff to be sopping wet. It's, I just don't think it's good. It breeds mold. Like I said, we fight mold down here or I do pretty bad. Uh, this split HVAC uh, system is behind me. You can't really see it. It's like up there. You can kind of see it right there, yeah. but uh, it's, um, it gets moldy in the fan and stuff. So once a week, whenever I'm doing my cleaning, I cut it off and open it up and I bleach everything out inside there just so I'm not throwing mold spores and everything all over the place. It kind of is what it is. You know, I, I haven't had any negative things from the mold. I don't really get mold in my cages, but it is in here. You know, I don't see it on the walls, but it's in my air handler. So that means there's mold spores in here. So I just do as best I can to mitigate that stuff which is why that's a big reason why the air purifiers in here. And I changed, I changed that filter out once a month. So. And then I guess for reference, if people don't know, you're pretty much in a detached garage, right? That you almost yeah. completely sealed off. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely like nothing can get out or in here as far as snakes are concerned. So it's sealed, but it's detached. Like it's like, you have to go outside to get into it, but it's not, like it's still stuck to the side of my house, if that makes any sense. But. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you think detached garage, you think of that like bigger structure off of the house yeah. and yeah, a lot of it's not quite like, like that. Yeah. 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 But it seems like a place in which really has trapped humidity for you, which I mean, yeah. some people are definitely jealous about, I'm sure. But it's, uh, set, up. it's, a it's lot. set up pretty good. You know, like it's, it's nice. I feel like I fight, to 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 get the humidity down a little bit honestly than than i do to pump it up it's easy in the winter time 
I just take a small humidifier and barely turn it on and the humidity rises like nobody's business. I, just, I mean, I think humidity is definitely like it's a there's a plus in it, but there's also negatives like mold and bacteria and shit like that. So. And are you keeping a higher ambient in that room? No, I, like I said, it's the ambient's like 76, 77. Typically I, it'll jump up. If we get like a real hot day in August, it can get up into like 80, 81, but I really try to, I don't like letting my room get too high. I've had uh just, I come in here when it's in the eight, like low eighties and everything looks uncomfortable. Everything's like cruising around. It doesn't look mm -hmm. like it's happy in the cage. I'm just like, well, I need to crank it down. And I fight that in August typically, but that's pretty much the only time of the year that I really fight my ambient temperature. And it's just trying to get that temperature down because the insulation in this place sucks. I've done my best to do what I can with it, but it's a house, a house that was built in the late 1950s and you can only do what you can do, you know? So. And right now you're kind of transitioning to fall as we all are. So, and you have things like bread lie. Yeah. So, and, and those are, you know, pythons that, I mean, almost brewmate like I would my corn snakes. So they what do, are you I doing in this transition? Um, so right now, uh, so my, my schedule kind of goes because it, you know how it is down here. It takes a while to get cold. Um, so the last time that anything in my collection feeds, uh, pretty much anything other than I may like, depending on like baby corns, I'll feed baby corns, but cause I've had some die on me from not doing that. They don't handle that very well, at least not in my collection. So, um, I, uh, I typically will shut everything down uh, as far as feeding in October. And I keep temperatures kind of in the upper seventies, like probably crank it down just a little bit, not much like 75 ish, um, but no food. Uh, so Halloween is like my day, my cutoff day for food. I don't feed anything, not even the pop went nothing. I do pretty strict food cycling when it comes to that. Um, and the corns and even the bull snake that I don't breed, but it's just a pet. Uh, they get put in a tub with a water bowl and they get stuck out in the garage on the concrete floor with cypress mulch. And that's it. I don't even put any heat with them at all. All of them go outside. Um, and then the, uh, bread lie, they go out and they've got, I've got these, um, I don't even know what you would call them. The taller oversized tubs. I don't, I don't even know what the size of them is. There's a bunch of them up behind me up here. You can kind of see them up there, maybe. Yeah, up there above the cage. Man, barely. The lighting in here blows. Um, but anyway, they're the bigger, bigger tubs. They're probably like two and a half foot tall by three foot long. Um, and I put perches in them. They get a hide. They get a water bowl. And they, I only run um, lights. So just uh, like heat lamp, like basking bulbs. And they're all, all of those are on timers. They get between six and seven hours of 92 degrees on a hot spot on the perch and it cuts off and as cold as the garage gets is as cold as they get. Like that garage will get down into the upper forties. I don't mess with them at all. Um, and with bread light seem to work really well. I have great success with them. Um, uh, fingers crossed pretty much every time I've paired a bread lie, they've gone but doing that method from, for me, it works, you know, I know some people down here in Texas and then the South struggle uh, to get them cold enough to get them to cycle. Uh, I just kind of <laughs> sounds like abuse, but I kind of, I mean, it, they get, I don't, they don't get sick. I mean, they're tough as nails, man. So um, 
and they go down and I let them do that until, uh, say like the second or third week of February, depends on how cold the winter gets. If we have like a real mild one, I may like stretch it out a little bit, but, um, here lately we've had some decent winters in January, February to where it's getting down. And so usually it's about the second week of February. I bring everything back into the snake room. They go into their cages that are permanent fixtures in here. They, their cages never leave here. They just, they move out into temporary like brumation tubs, brumation setups, um, which isn't what it is. It's not brumation, but you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. A cool down setup. I don't know. Uh, and I don't, I don't keep any of the males with the females and I do this, I did this one year with my Brisbane's and it uh, that she slugged out and then I didn't do it this, this year she slugged out again. So I'm going to try it again and try to get them cold again. Cause they're more Southern ranging coastal. And then uh, I'm going to pretty much do the same thing with the inlands. I've talked to a couple guys and they pretty, they said that uh, it's pretty much the same recipe as bread life. So I'm pretty, I'm in a pretty good routine with my spring breeders. Uh, and I think that this is going to be my first year pairing my uh, Malgline Inlands, which I'm pumped about. Um, they stay smaller. Uh, so I'm hoping for just like a small clutch. I, I freak me. I, I, I had, I've got 30. Well, not quite now. I've sold some, but uh, bread lion, man, I don't know if I don't, I want to do like, I'm, like I love keeping and I love breeding, man, but I'm, I'm starting to get to a point of being like very selective, like, Oh, you're not going to go this year. Cause I don't feel like dealing with the babies. You'll go this year. I don't feel the need to like put a bunch of shit together just to get a bunch of babies. You know what I mean? Not that I don't want to make produce babies, but I just don't feel like it can get overwhelming. And I'm sure, you know, most people go through that period of like, Oh, I produce too much, you know, and a couple years back I did that. And I don't want to do that again because it, it turns this thing that I love into something that's like, Oh man, I just got off a freaking 12 hour shift. Now I got to go spend four hours in the snake room, you know, which a couple hours in the snake room is Zen. five hours after a 12 hour shift is not Zen. It's work. (laughs) This is what it is. So, um, uh, so I'm hoping for, I'm going to try coastals again this year with that same recipe. I'm going to try inlands this year with that same recipe. And then my my girl that I produce my my Forest Harris line female squid is going to go to her brother, who uh, for the first time this year, which I'm super super excited about. Uh, this will be my first time pairing. Oh well, I did it this year with corn snakes, but as far as Morelia is concerned, my first time this year, and I'm headed towards a like my first generation of doing some line breeding of stuff that I picked out from what I produced, and it's very exciting, you know. Um, I can't tell you how excited I'm. I know that like, it's just bread lie and, and I've produced them before, but like, to me, like I've got this vision of what it could turn into and like the, the road that the thing, that, the things that I'm like selectively breeding for. And now I get a chance to actually like see if what I'm thinking comes to fruition. So I'm kind of pumped about that. Now. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's awesome. And that's kind of a turning point in your breeding as far as your stuff will now kind of become more of your own in a way. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I was thinking about that today. I threw a bunch of stuff up on morph market today, uh, just cause I got off work early and, uh, I was looking at like what I was pricing man. I was like, well, I know that this next one, when I do decide to let them go, cause you know that I hold on to shit for about a year and a half before I decide to, or at least a year, I don't let anything go typically for about a year. Um, 
I'm like, well, these prices are probably going to change. <laughs> They're going to go up a little bit just because I don't know. The, I guess it's the work that you put into it, right, man? Like the, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like just the, 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 you see like, like an end goal and to you it's worth more, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Than the initial like shot in the dark, which is what my initial pairing was, you know, and I got a couple cool animals out of it and I'm hoping to make even cooler animals from them. So. Yeah. And then you're going to get to the point where you have an animal in which people will identify as your animals as far as you're going for such a distinct look and i guess explain a little bit of the look that you're going for because once that becomes a thing you know to the degree that you want it to people are going to be like oh that that bread lies from austin it will be striking yeah enough. yeah uh just high contrast man just i don't want to get rid of the black like a lot of people try to like breed all the black out to me i dig the black a lot i like it a lot that's what makes the red so striking. That's what makes it so like, wow, holy shit, you know? And even the cream that almost looks green in some places, like it's got like this weird light green hue, which I've noticed the Harris line has like not as much. The Forge line is more of an orange, uh, not to hate on it. My Forge male is awesome. But like the Harris line, the red is kind of more of a like, oh, goodness, excuse me. Dang, I keep burping. <laughs> the Harris line is... Um, more of like a brick red, but the blacks are real crisp and, uh, and the, the cream that's in the banding in some spots, it almost has like this weird light green look to it. And so what I'm trying to do is keep that crisp, like crispness from the black of the Harris line around the banding and kind of bring some of that green into the cream on the banding and then take the, get, find a happy medium between the orange that the Afores line brings in and that brick red and kind of meet in the middle with that, the make a more like true red color versus like a brick red that's kind of burnt and like that orange color that the Afores line has, you know, it's high contrast, man. That's really what I'm going for as high contrast as I can get, you know, with some of that green in the cream. I really, I, it sounds stupid. It doesn't make sense until you see one in person and you're like, Oh, okay. I see what the hell you're talking about, but the pictures don't do it justice, which sucks. So yeah, that's like snake guy green for us. We're like, yeah, yeah. we can see it. It's that tint. Yeah, yeah, it's, that yeah. Tint. it's a tint. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's awesome, though. And as far as, uh, I mean, Inlands, dude, that that one animal that you have, I believe it's the male. I mean, when he was a baby. No, it's a female. It's a female that you're talking about. It's the one that animal was like picture. almost blue. And yeah. once again, it's it's the tint. It's snake eye blue. But yeah. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. as, as blue as you could hope yeah yeah the male's kind of muddy and which is weird because i bought that pair uh from nick at inland and uh i bought that pair for the male right and the female was kind of muddy when i bought it and i was like ah, oh, whatever this male's awesome well then like they shed out a couple times and they flip-flopped and now the female is like crisp blue really good high contrast it's got like the spider webbing on the first like two thirds of the bodies. It's like the quintessential like inland that people want. And the male is just like getting drabber and drab. I'm like, come on, man. I guess I got one of the two, you know, which is a good thing, but, uh, you know, it's, you never know. Like even like, so my, my coastals, my, my Brisbane coastals, when I got them, I just was thinking, well, I've got some cool Brisbane coastals. 
And then my male starts shedding at about a year old and his, his face, like from the nose back just starts to get yellow and like yellow. Like, and when I say yellow, I'm not talking jungle yellow. It's like a, like a honey wheat yellow. That's the color that he is. And that's not like, I mean, Brisbane's are super variable. That's kind of the, the thing with them. But I haven't seen a lot that look like he does. He's like really bright honey wheat yellow. And uh, the damn thing won't do his job. I've tried and tried. <laughs> this is, uh, whatever. We talked about that. But uh, uh, it's kind of the same thing. You don't. That's why I hold on to all my stuff for so long because, hell, it could be a year old and still like shed out. And you're like, whoa, what the hell's going on? You know? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really dig the, the, uh, yeah, that's him. Um, I really dig the, uh, I guess the, what could it be factor, you know, with them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's why I hold on to stuff so much. I'm really pumped about the inlands. I've had them since I think they're 14 or 15. I'd have to look at the data tag, but I've had them since 14 or 15. I just really been slowly, slowly, slowly growing them. And quite honest, they've, they've, uh, they kind of took a back burner to other stuff that I've got going on. Yeah, that's him too. That's a good picture. That's a good contrast picture for him. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they just took it. They just kind of took a back burner. I wish that I wouldn't have done that because I was thinking, Oh, I've got these brittles going. And then I'm thinking, Oh, I can, I really was really pumped about these Brisbane coastals. And I mean, we all know how that shook out, you know, and it's, and I'm still, I'm not giving up on the project, but, uh, it's just been a pain. And, um, the, the inlands are something that I'm trying for the first time this year. And I'm really pumped about it. It's kind of got my excitement back up for, for the things that I've got going on, you know? So it's one of those things where, I mean, they, they took, you said 14 or 15, five or six years to really get them where you wanted to. So it's like, it's kind of the excitement kind of wears down somewhere in the middle. And then you're like, Oh shit, I have these animals yeah, that are yeah. actually ready to go. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what it is. And it's not that like, I didn't care about them or anything, but I just had other stuff that I was pumped up about. And so I wasn't like hammering them with the food that I probably should have. They could have went last year had I been pushing that, pushing the food on them, but I just didn't do it because other stuff, you know, I don't know. We all have that stuff happen. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And now that, now that you are focused on it and everything, um, that's a good doing, one. That's a good one. Yeah, man. These things are awesome. I mean, what, what first got you interested in the inlands? And I know that you were pretty early on as far as the project goes. I just like messing with, with, uh, stuff that like, I mean, I don't even know. Uh, I guess I, I like, weird stuff that not a lot of people are typically into that's some of it and then also nick mudden gets in your ear when you're talking to him on the phone he's like man you should check these out all the you know he's a he's one of the best salesmen ever and uh and that's i mean that's really what it boiled down to honestly like he's just like hey we can you're buying these let's just let's i'll hook you up with we can do a payment plan no big deal da, 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 da. and i'm like oh cool yeah those are badass not a lot of people work with them you know i'll I'll give those a shot. And then now all of a sudden you're kind of seeing this um, resurgence in interest with them a little bit. I've been hearing about them on a lot of podcasts here lately. People are like, Oh, people don't, people are sleeping on inlands. And I'm like, I haven't been sleeping on inlands. I've had no inlands for five, six years now. You know, I just, I've been sleeping on them in my own collection, I guess. Not, not a, 
not giving them their uh, that I think that picture won the calendar contest. Pretty sure a couple years ago. But, couple uh, years ago. Not, yeah, not giving them their uh, they're just they're just uh, that's the one. That's the one. It's the one with both of them on that tree. That was in fucking. That was in December, I think. I took that picture. Everything. <laughs> I was gonna dead. say a, a bare tree in Texas. I yeah, mean, it, yeah, it must have been a little yeah. chilly. It wasn't cold. I mean, I wouldn't take them out if it was cold. You know how it is down here. It'd be sixty-five yeah. degrees and at Christmas time. So, but yeah, uh, it would be eighty degrees then fifty, and all over the place. I want to pull something out. Show you somebody that. Damn, dude. That's that Tessa female that you produce. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Austin, when I was moving from Dallas up here to Philly, he actually helped us move. And I believe I had I had one single egg from a double no, club. No, it was it was two. I dropped the ball and one of them died. One of them was <laughs> a one of them was a uh, what was it? It was a was it fire? What is that? It's a it was like a weird pattern. It was almost like a motley pattern, but it wasn't a motley. I can't remember what the heck it was. Fire tessera? Yeah, it wasn't a tessera, though. It was just a, like, had these oh, just really, a straight like, up fire mask or Yeah, something? I think it was just like a fire mask. I think that's what it was. And I was like, I ran out of pinkies, and I was like, oh, it's only been two weeks. No big deal. And it died. <laughs> Everything else is okay, sense, but man. it was it was like, yeah, my metabolism doesn't handle that. I came out here. And it was just dead, so that kind of sucked. But the Tessera is doing very, very well. And uh, Dude, I plan, it's I huge. Have plans, yeah, I have plans to uh, pair her with uh, a striped male next year that I produced this year uh, from this female right here. Yeah, I mean, and it's great that it's a female, so you can actually kind of start a little project and kind of branch off with what you already had going. Yeah, so this is the the butterstripe female that I've had for a while, and uh, she produced a bunch of stripes for me this year for the first time because I took her son and bred it bred it uh, back to her. So I got all these cool stripes. She's a solid solid girl though. I love this this animal I've had since I think 2013. Yeah, so people don't know that that butterstripe is actually in amel caramel, and then the Right? Isn't butter amel caramel? I'm so off. I'm off my I think, game. I think it's a, so butter is I think <laughs> amel caramel, and then the stripe is a what super motley, right? That's what stripe is. Super motley. It's a weird allelic thing. Um, yeah. But but then that fire is an amel diffused, and then possible het caramel. So hopefully maybe you can get some some butter tessera stuff if you get lucky. I I would love some butter tester stuff or I really just, I'm a like butter's cool, but you kind of lose a lot of definition. I really dig. I was looking at that, uh, that, uh, I sent you some pictures of some aim. It was like an amel Tessera stripe, dude, that's, sh- that is ridiculous. Yeah. So usually Tessera with stripe will pretty much obliterate a bunch of the pattern. And so, it will pretty much just do a straight line down, and then it will give you uh, real clean sides. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> this is a uh, um, uh, Amel Motley that's the father to all the stripes that I produced, and uh, this year, and my wife named it Special Sauce. 
thought that was kind of cool. But he's he's pretty cool. He's one of the first corn snakes I produced. He's pretty big. He, he was produced the same year that uh that that I got that tester girl from you. And that butter, you have that butter motley, I think, that from me, female. Yeah, it's funny, man. She um I I left the tub open like three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck, man, like she's gone. <laughs> Did she get out? She's gone. And then like two days later, I just caught her. She was like, she was a little stuck on some tape that I had put heap tape down on. Yeah. But I heard yeah. like crunching or something. And I went back. There was like, oh, there she is, man. <laughs> I, I glue trapped her by accident. <laughs> Everything but, good uh, with her? Yes. Yeah, still. Uh, yeah, that's good, man. Still got her. And the dude, I was like, how did I get this far? She's like two years old and then lose her as like a sub adult by just accidentally leaving a tub. Dude, I did that shit with uh, the male. uh, I just, it was one of those deals where like you're feeding snakes and you have that one that like, if you move weird, it's going to spit everything out, you know? And so you don't shut the tub. You just, you finally get it to strike and wrap. So I have my male Dumeril's boa. And he's younger. Uh, you've seen my female, that big, big girl. And uh, he, I got him about two years ago. So he's probably, they're such a slow growing species. Um, he's probably like two and a half feet long now, finally. Um, and he's kind of a thick, like finicky eater. He doesn't, I have to like bash him in the face with food. It's like, it's like a game or something. It's like, okay, I know you're going to eat, but I have to piss you off to the point of like, you're knocking your water bowl over. And so now I just take everything out of his cage and sit there and bash him in the face with a little, when I say bash, I'm just, I'm just like tapping him, but like just smack him in the face with a a rat to piss him off. And finally he'll grab it and wrap it up and eat it. And, uh, but he's also one of those ones. If you shut the tub, he just spits it out on coils. And so I was feeding him and I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to feed this snake, this snake, this snake, da, 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 da. And then I, and like somebody called me, like my, my daughter, my wife or somebody called me and I leave and I start messing around inside and I completely forget that I had left this tub open. And so I come outside and like everything on top of the rack he's sitting on is gone. It's all on the floor. And I'm like, shit. And so I just, my room's sealed up so he can't get out. So I'm just like, I grab my flashlight and start looking around and I click it, and sure enough, he's on the other side of the room behind my big Apodora cage, just cruising, doing numerals bow shit. And so I grab <laughs> him and put him put him up, you know. But it happens to all of us. Yeah. I've lost. I've I found uh, that that corn snake that I just pulled out. One of his siblings, uh, the special sauce, the motley one. One of his siblings got out, and like it was like one of those deals, and they were little, and I was still young and doing corn snake stuff like didn't understand that you should just drop a pink in there shut the lid and leave them alone which is what i do now i was like oh i'm gonna cheese feed this and just like "Mm, let me get this thing going and uh and it like hopped at like like it's like it teleported dude like i'm like poking it and then like it jumps out of the little like chinese food container that i keep them in and it's on top of my little uh coffee table and then it falls and hits the ground and i'm on top of it i look i jump across the table and it's gone like it's not like it's it's like it vanished it was the weirdest it was weird man it wasn't like it fell and then i was like oh i gotta let me get it was i was up quick i should have been able to see it 
and it was legitimately just gone. Like it had vanished into a black hole. And I tear the room apart. I'm looking, looking, looking. And finally, like we all have had to do, you just go, well, hopefully I come in here in the middle of the night and it's out on the middle of the floor. I don't know what the hell else to do, you know? And uh, then I found it stuck to a piece of aluminum foil tape on my garage door that I've got like sealed off, like insulated about a month later, dead. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) been there as well. (laughs) Yeah. I started having, uh, I started putting the tubs within a giant container because every single day I was having corn snakes just jump out. No matter how safe you try to be, they'll go in a way that you don't expect them and they'll jump out little containers man they're crazy it it was like it defied physics it was the (laughs) it was strange like i remember my wife was in here she's like where did it go i'm like i legitimately have no idea i there's only a couple places it could go and i was like it probably hadn't even hit the ground before i was looking over the it was just gone just completely gone dude it was it was weird yeah i had a uh an everglades rat snake jump out and then it was almost like it was alien abducted into the heater. It just, I saw it go <laughs> and then it was like, it was under the heater and it just fucking like went straight up and then just, and like, I tried to take the heater apart and it wasn't in there. And I, and then I found it, I found it. So it was on the second floor of the house um, is where the heater was. And I found it in the basement on the back of the incubator downstairs in the basement. So it went two floors down into the basement somehow Jeez. from the heater That's yeah nuts, yeah dude. but yeah found it on the back of it actually after i sold the incubator on craigslist i was getting it out and i was moving it and it was <laughs> like in the back coils of like the wine fridge yeah no i was literally taking it out to bring to the the person who bought it like i had already cleaned it out and oh, stuff sorry about that i don't know big deal. i was just nonchalantly just yeah just <laughs> plucked it um but yeah i think that the biggest thing is having your room sealed i mean it's huge that's I well, that's the deal. Is my room is completely sealed. There's I've got door sweeps. I've got everything like I use that great stuff foam insulation on every little crack just to make sure you know. So if it gets out, it's either going to die and I'm not going to find it, which has only happened that one time, or I'll find it two weeks later and or three. Uh, one, I had a ball python get out because I'm starting to do. I've got a little selective breeding like normal ball python thing I'm doing also. I'm um, breeding them for food for my Apodora um, just because I have them. So why not? <laughs> hey, man. Snakes eat snakes. Life eats life. Yeah. I just, uh, I think I've gotten to the point with corn snakes. If you, at a certain point, when you start looking at a, a place where I know that there's no return, I think I got good at, at kind of realizing what's going to make it and what's not at this point yeah that um you know make use of it before it before it just basically you know desiccates to a point of where it just comes a little freeze-dried corn snake that's really what happens when they stop eating man yeah they just they just like shrivel up right completely that's what happens for sure i've had a lot i've had luck this year man um i i had a so i say i had luck i had a clutch of 18 for that with that female um her name's corn funny enough so my my daughter named her because she's yellow (laughs) like corn um and uh i had a clutch 18 and i don't know if it's just like inbreeding depression or what but uh six of those 18 eggs just 
crapped out and all of those six were stripes all six of them i opened mm. them up they're full dead and egg stripes so i think there may be something there a little bit um i've had, I've had similar woes with stripes um really? my two from this year have done amazing but other than that i've had some shitty luck so these guys and that's with the recessive stripe not the, yeah that's i think I that's the difference is, right i don't where's I'm laura sure that's laura's not in the, i think mine is not i'm not phone. a i just breed them to i i'm not a, a genetics guy with corns at all you're way well more versed than i am you kind of are the one that got me interested in doing this stuff anyway um i mainly do python stuff and a couple bows my little my little my little amazon tree ball boa devils over here um <laughs> yeah uh, man i can't believe you're doing that but go dude, i've got you, dude, i'll I've get got, to that later <laughs> i've got some screamers man i've got some freaking beautiful Amazons. you really do um uh but the corn snakes i had luck uh I, so the 18 six of them died i think there were one it was one motley that was dead in the egg which is kind of weird typically that i don't have that issue and then the other five were stripes and then uh, the 12 that were left six were stripes and uh six were motley's either a male or uh butter the whole th i don't remember I, I can't remember honestly um i'm not keeping any of the motley's and i'm gonna hold on to the stripes until i can see like how clean they are so i can hold one back to put with the tesser i got from you um what is the right way to say it i always say tesser i hear yeah, people sure. say te tes tessera or something like that I always feel like I'm speaking like a hick when I say Tessera, like I'm being lazy, but whatever. Um, and so, and then I got a, a double clutch because that female, no matter whether I put a male with her or not, every single year, no matter what, she double clutches. Usually she just slugs out and it's just all slugs. I clean them up and toss them, right? Well, I guess she had some retained sperm because I don't ever repair. I don't, I just don't have the need to, for a bunch of corn snakes. It's not, I just do it once a year and I, sell to my, I don't even sell. I trade to my local pet shop, just kind of, they're a mom and pop store. I try to help them out a little bit. You know, sometimes they struggle on the reptile side of things to acquire decent animals. And so I'll trade with them for like dog food or crickets or whatever for like my daughter's, uh, crested gecko. I, hey, book note this. I have some questions for you about geckos and what you got going on. Okay. But, uh, I don't know if uh, I can help you, but it sounds like fun. No, I just, I want to know what you got going on. I heard you say something yeah. on a podcast before and I'm, I'm trying to, I want to know what, what, what's going on. We haven't talked about it in a while. Yeah. Um, so I, I do that and I help them out and, uh, try to just, uh, so I kind of supplement them with the stuff that I don't want and the stuff that I probably could get maybe 25, 50 bucks with, and they can sell it for like $70 and people will buy it happily, you know? And then, uh, I keep stuff that I want or uh sell it for a decent price you know um and i totally lost my train of thought corn snakes <sighs> yeah we're on corn snakes oh and then that leads me to this little guy right so i had two hatchlings or two eggs that were fertile out of that that second clutch uh that i wasn't trying for she just had retained sperm and um so one of the eggs dumped out took a dump uh right before this one hatched out so i'm imagining it was a stripe i didn't open it up um and then this little guy hatched out it hasn't shed yet so i'm kind of it looks a little weird and maybe it was just that day he's trying to bite me 
<laughs> but do you see how the head's kind of a little bit domed? Remember, I, I, I talked to you the other day about it, but you see that kind of? Yeah, the head's I can a little even domed? see it, yeah. Yeah, it's the first one I've hatched out like that. And it seems fine. It's feisty. He's trying to bite me. Very thick, like really good weight, like really, really good weight. But uh, he's biting me. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm hoping that this guy like survives and, and, and does well, you know. Um, he seems like he's going to, but uh, he's in his little thing by himself. I'm so used to like doing a shed bin with like 20 corns in it all by themselves, you know, and they're all together and they do their little shed thing. And, but, uh, yeah, I'm hoping he does. All right. It was just kind of a surprise. She's never had laid any fertile eggs, uh, when she lays that double clutch before and she laid two and one died right there at the end. And this one hatched out after I came home from deer camp this weekend. So nice. Uh, I was just going to pick your brain. What is the dome head thing? What, what, I mean, I don't know anything about, it. I've heard you mention it like in passing on other podcasts. What, what, what does that indicate? What's is that just like a bubble, like a bug eye kind of deformity that, that some corns get or. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I've seen it on a bunch of corns and it is a known thing in, in corn snakes. I don't know if it's an incubation thing, just a genetic lack of genetic or genetic diversity. But then again, like I had it kind of happen in my palmettos, which, you know, was outcrossed to wild caught. It was still a palmetto, which means that they are ultimately related. It's recessive, right? They're all related, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, as inbreeding goes, I mean, that <laughs> one wasn't as bad as the other recessive. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly if it's just weak genetics or, or happenstance. Well, there's definitely inbreeding going on because I, the one I paired, the male that I paired was it, the son of that female from a year, a couple of years previous. So well, that may be it, but none of the other babies in the first clutch had it at all. Like, not but I at mean, all. they're all, yeah. all the corns are inbred. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I have animals with three recessive genes, you know, that just means over time that many siblings for that many generations yeah. were bred together to, you know, get visual yeah. recessives like that. I mean, yeah. So it's I don't like know. The, it doesn't like help. The, uh, I'm sure. The Brisbane coastals, they're all, everything that's out there is all related. Every single one They came from some 22 or something year old geriatric snakes, you know? So it, there's, I think at some point we're going to hit some problems with them as well. It's just, I think, I've heard things about them already that like we may be see- that may be some issue of what I'm seeing right now with my pair that, you know, I mean, don't quote me on it, but I've heard some rumors. So we'll see. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't Brazzers, huh? No, uh, <laughs> brother on sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stepbrother. Stepbrother. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oopsies. Uh, <laughs> I thought, or as far as uh, I'm, I'm curious if like basal, the basal pythons are a little bit more, more flexible and pliable with, with inbreeding than say some of the colubrids. I wonder what someone like, uh, I wonder what Travis Wyman would say about yeah, that. I'd be interested to know about that. Or sure. I mean, I'm sure just species that are, even uh, species off of islands or something like that, like say the crested geckos, right? There's so yeah. much inbreeding in those animals and there's so little defects coming from it. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I think that the I that whole island population I've heard I don't even remember what podcast it was that they pretty much worked that out on a lot of those like the the boas like the croquet boas and like the the hog island boas stuff like that is is uh they've worked that out and that's why you don't see that genetic depression in them so yeah because i mean i think travis explained to us one time that basically i mean everything's genetic right everything is genes at play so as long as siblings breed together and they don't match up with some you know recessive defective gene or you know something doesn't match up then you're good. So if you have a line in which the brother and the sister have bred, they're good. The next generation is good. And you could be straight up good as long as there's no deleterious genes that pop up in there. Yeah. It's just kind of like a matter of either working itself out in those Island populations or a matter of getting lucky, I suppose. I mean, do you want to try to get lucky? I don't know. You probably want to avoid it. We all want to get, we all want to get lucky. (laughs) This goes back to the comment two minutes ago, but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, my, uh, partner in my Poplin Python, uh, project that I've got going on, um, we were talking and, uh, he's like, so we're going to, we're going to pair him this year. And I'm just like, man, I'm just, I'm like, I know the risk. I get the risk of it, you know? But at the same time, like at max, both of my bigger animals, which you know, one of them, you haven't seen the second one, but at max, there's oh, so you have one that isn't the one from Kevin, the male from Kevin. I've got four now, man. I've got 2.2 pop ones. Uh, I've got the, the cow, which is the big wild caught one that I got from Joe Swatowski that you are familiar with um that you've i think you've held it was here when we did that video and stuff and then i've got uh a male that that one that the one that you held when you were here we thought was a female and it's not it was it's a male it was miss sex um and then we've got and, and typically uh, in that species uh, uh males are actually harder to come by right yeah as far as sure. imports go they're, they're way more difficult to come by um, which is kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess, even though it was sex and I started out with what I thought was a female, but whatever. Um, uh, so I've got Cal, who was Calypso, but I can't call him that anymore. So his name's Cal. And then I've got uh, Taka, who I got from Kevin Megan-Walensky. Good Lord. Um, and he is, or she is a long-term wild caught. Uh, that he got from uh, Joe Swatowski and he had her, uh, Kevin had her for about, I think he said two years and he was just kind of like getting rid of some extras that he had. He threw her up and I just was like, Hey, uh, bring her my way. <laughs> so I, I got a hold of her and then I've got a uh, captive born and bred from Kevin that he produced male. Uh, his name's Odysseus and he's about two and a half ish. And, uh, and honestly, he's the least friendly out of all of them. My captive born and bred one is like, I mean, he's never bit me, but he's got an attitude. And he's all like, he's this bluster, man. He's a dick. Um, and then I've got this one that I, that I talked about earlier with the mulch and stuff. Her name's Rita Blue, And uh, uh, she's my favorite. She's the most scarred up. She's the most beat up one that I have. 
she shed a lot of it off and she looks pretty good. And I've had her for a little over a year now. She's just a sweetheart, man. She just comes out. She's very like chill. I don't know if it's like when you have a snake that gets sick and you go through treatment and like, I, I don't know. I got really attached to this snake and she's not the prettiest no. of them all, but she's just a sweet animal. You know, like she doesn't get all hissy and mean. A lot of them, and they're not mean, but they're just like, they have a lot of attitude in their territory, in their cage. They're the boss, you know, and you got to learn how to deal with that. And, and, uh, and, uh, I would say the least tame out of the four that I have is, uh, Taka, the long-term captive female. Uh, she's a pretty big girl and she does not tolerate handling. She's just not like you can hold her ish. <laughs> but you're running the risk of her coming around and it's, she's got a lot of, uh, a lot of inches to do what she wants to do. You know what I mean? So, uh, I tried to, I, I handle her a little bit, but I really try to leave her beat because she's a wild caught and I don't want to stress her out. I'm trying like, there's an end result here. I'm trying to produce these animals. I want to produce these animals. And if I'm holding her all the time, all that's doing is stressing her out and making my end goal even less and less possible, you know? Um, but anyway, back to my original comment, my partner in this project asked me, Hey, are we doing it? Cause my original plan was to, uh, pair them, my older pair. Uh, and, uh, I said, you know, I said, we could try, you know, they're both big enough. They're both like comparable size. Neither one is like larger than the other. They're about the same. Um, but yeah, that's, that's Taka. That's the female. Um, they're both comparable size, but they're only six, you know, and I've, and I've talked to Casper and uh, I've talked to Kevin and that's Cal. He's in shed. That's a pretty reason. I just posted that today. Um, and I, uh, or, that's Rita Baloo. Yeah. But, uh, I talked to, uh, Casper and I've talked to Kevin and a few other people that have have kept them or tried to breed them or have bred them. And they're like, look, man, uh, you're pushing your luck. If you try before like eight to 10 years old, you know? And, <laughs> and when I say pushing your luck, I mean, you may put it in there and you don't have a snake the next, when you come back, like it's just gone. And that'd break my heart, man. Like I love all of these animals, you know, like my Apador, my, it's a favorite, my favorite, like, as far as Morelia, Bread Liar, my favorite Morelia. I love them to death. But as far as snakes in my collection, my Apador are my favorite. I, I don't like. I could get rid of everything and just have them and be pretty happy. You know, um, the level of intelligence and just like knowing whenever you're in the room and how they act whenever it's just you versus other people in the room. Um, I think that they know who they're being kept by. You know, and I think that they're comfortable. They're I guess maybe just like used to the routine more than, uh, other things are, you know, um, it, I don't know. I, it sounds stupid. And people say it about all kinds of species and say, Oh, they're smarter. Da, 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 da. And I get that. And I'm sure that there are, sm there are smarter snakes and stuff that other stuff that they keep, but these guys are just, it's just a different level, man. It's like, they cock their head and they look at you like, hmm. like they're like, it's not sizing you up. It's, figuring out what the hell's going on, you know, is that Riley's post? That's his. Yeah. So Riley yesterday actually posted up an Apador and this is a really cool looking one in comparison to like 
like a lot of yours and it seems like they change color a lot um they do. but i your your animal rita blue she was rather yellow um mm-hmm. a lot of your animals are pretty dark coloration with almost like a stripe down down the back mm-hmm. but this one's uh almost a gray more of an olive python type yeah. australian olive python type of look but riley but it still said, has that phenotypical like the gray on the face that all of them have which is really cool and just that head is just there's obviously yep. something different that really it makes it distinct as far as all the other pythons you mean just pythons in general i mean it's really not like anything else um, but Riley said probably the most intelligent and observant snake that he has, and he has Kribos, which people, yeah. are, I mean, they're a very visual snake. Um, he mm-hmm. said Apodora, Papuana are in a league of their own. hundred so, uh, percent. I, I post, I said, dude, I, I told him I couldn't agree with that statement more because like, I feel like I have a pretty decent sample size of species that I work with, you know, keep Dumeril's boas. I have Woma pythons. I have corn snakes. I have all like all kinds of Morelia ball pythons, all kinds of stuff. I mean, I don't keep like anything like water cobra or like false water cobras or anything like that, which they say are pretty uh, reactive and intelligent as well. But uh, I just, I don't know, man, it's, it's something about them that just like, I can open up my cage to my big male cow and sit on my couch and he, he will come out on his own and he doesn't go other places into the room. He comes up to me, like not aggressively, just comes up and like not curls up in my lap like a dog, which is stupid. You couldn't expect that, but like comes up to me and like gets up on the couch and is like checking me out. And it's like, oh, I know you. And then he goes and does his own thing. Like I don't let him have free reign in my room or anything, but like a little bit of enrichment, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and yeah. I actually, uh, I since I have the olive python in my room now, and uh, every once in a while, I will literally just open the glass, and even yep. if she's not awake, she'll she'll hear the glass open and she'll wake up and she'll come out, and yeah. she'll actually like come up on the bed, and I'm like, whoa, there is uh, something a little, and you know, we're not supposed to anthropomorphize or kind of you know be like oh she sees me type of thing but i mean i don't think it's anthropomorphizing you're just you're just you're you're watching something i mean you're watching something happen that i could open up any of my other snake cages and you know what they would do they wouldn't come up to me on a fucking couch while where i'm sitting down they would like get down and like go into some dark hidey hole in my room you know that snake has the power to do whatever the hell it wants and i'm sure I haven't held, I've held your olive python, but it's been a while. I haven't held a lot of snakes that are as strong as Apodora, man. Like, you want to talk about a snake that put the squeeze on you. That, (laughs) whenever I come in here to work on them, not that I think that anything could happen, I let my wife know. Like, hey, I'm going to work with the Apodora. Maybe poke your head in there in a little bit. Just make sure everything's chill, you know. And I try not to work with them in my room too much. I'll open it up, let them free range. But as far as handling, I try not to op- like. I try not to like handle them and manipulate them in the room because there's not a lot of space in here. So typically, what I'll do is I'll open up the room and I go into my backyard and then I handle them out there. I let them get some enrichment because it's a big snake and they uh, being stuck in a cage all the time is not cool you know uh and and with especially how intelligent they are they need that they need that stimulation you know 
in my opinion. This is all everything I'm saying is my opinion. So yeah dude i had you know i had a eight foot olive python she went up the windowsill and all the way up to the top of it and was going around like athletic huge i mean everything they're they're climbing like cliff faces in australia mm-hmm. and stuff like that you've seen that one yeah. get the cr- eat, cr- that, eat yeah. a crocodile and drag yeah. it up yeah um that's an athletic ass but snake dude, right there man yeah yeah and feeding that thing is like a car crash man like the way that they strike a rodent is just straight up scary like just get away from this animal it is so serious um you know i always it's always nice to have the sliding glass so i can put tongs in there hook i i hook open every time i i uh, feed her and i mean in the tub it's absolutely necessary because she's always ready to go but in the in the cage, even when I can see her, I still don't trust uh, me being in front of the of the opening at all. I mean, I just try to stay out of the way. So my my younger two. So this is something that I've noticed. Like my older two, even the one Taka, who's a little bit more wild, a little bit less handleable. Um, not that she's even ever bit. She hasn't bit me. So I say she's less handleable. She's never bit me ever. I want to say that for sure. Um, they're so gentle. Like, and they're in open front cages and they can see me. They get used to me coming in and out of the room. Like there is no fired up wham hitting stuff. I just take the, like what you hear about Kribos. I take a little thing or like a plate. I put their food on it and they go in there and they eat their food off the plate. And that's it, man. Like there's no, but then the two, the two younger two that are in the tubs, the opaque CB seventies, that I have it. it's an animal plastics economy rack. When you open that tub, you open that tub with a hook because they're expecting. Oh, I love that's my favorite picture. That is my favorite picture I've ever taken ever of any of my snakes. I love that picture. I know it's in a cage, but that right there, man. Oh, I love that picture. Don't <laughs> but, uh, fuck with that animal right there. <laughs> yeah, that animal will hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's cow right there that's that's the og apador in my collection i love that animal um but like the tubs i have even when i'm just checking on them they the tubs get hooked open because they come popping out of there because they're expecting me to feed them and i don't feed heavy i'm not fe- i don't feed even once a week hell there are times i don't feed twice a week but or sorry every two weeks but um they're expecting it because that's what the tub that's what the tub gets them used to doing. In my opinion, that's what I'm really start. I'm about to do an extension on my room and turn it into an L this winter. And, uh, I I'm really, as far as like tubs are concerned, I may have some grow out tubs, but I'm really going to get a, I don't think that it makes a positive, at least for Apodora and some of your other more highly intelligent animals a positive uh, interaction with the keeper and the kept um, because it doesn't allow them to get used to you walking in and out and uh, not associating you with food and stuff like that. So, uh, and that's just something that I'm learning from my own experience, keeping the species and uh, the older two never were kept in uh, tubs as far as I know, you know, since they've been with me, they haven't been. And, uh, and I think that that has a lot to do with how calm they are during feeding and stuff like that. They don't expect every time I come in here and open up their cage that it's food time. It just isn't. That's not how they react. 
and those two do. And uh, I would like to get away from that because they become very large, very powerful animals and uh, the demand respect for sure, you know, so. Yeah, I think I think everyone realizes that kind of tubs have their place for sure, especially with grow outs and things like that. But yeah. But I so many more Python people in particular, colubrid people are still a bit behind the curve as far as uh as far as the, the smaller stuff goes. I mean, some of your rarer colubrid people, I mean, all keeping cages, but uh I see Python people like I was at Eric Burke's place a couple of weeks ago. He's talking about getting all these animals in cages and we're talking about how the behaviors totally different and uh yeah it's making for a positive interaction with the animals and i think that as long as you do it correctly it's not going to hinder breeding i think at first we were nervous because we thought it was going to make the animals more skittish and they weren't going to breed or something like that but i think we're realizing that there is some type of uh you know there's a period in which they get used to the new activity i agree with you and it's all in like um like where you're keeping your animals too. Like I'm lucky because I have this room that I built that I'm pretty much the only person that comes in here. Like every once in a while, my daughters will come in, they want to help me do stuff, but there's not a lot of foot traffic. There's not people in and out, in and out, in and out. And I think that tubs would be great if you're in an area and, and it'd be less stress if you're like, you don't have this situation where you have a room that's dedicated to the animals and that there's not a bunch of foot traffic to stress them out because it, we all know it, that kind of stuff stresses them out. I'm in here twice a day, really briefly in the morning to make sure that nothing's super jacked up. And then in the evening I go through things, you know, um, I think it's a little different for people that don't have the luxury of having their own room. And I understand where, tubs and things like that come into play as far as like keeping the stress level down and also it's like a species to species thing like uh what people say about um uh what what scrub python is it help me out joe come on i'm having a brain fart uh yes halmahara scrubs they do better in tubs than they do an open front so you got to kind of take those factors like, into uh, play. Keep me a lot. Yeah, that's one of those animals where yeah, it's just yeah. like, let's keep this so thing alive. It's not. That's it's not black at. and white, right? It's not black and white. Um, any situation is a little bit different. I'm lucky enough to have a room where the foot traffic is pretty much zero, besides me, and I control it. It's locked up. No one comes in here, you know. Um, and for somebody that doesn't have that, I think tubs can be a better thing because that opaqueness of the tub keeps the stress level down, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, it's definitely, you're going to get a less reactive animal over time in a, in a cage. Um, hopefully maybe one day I'll have a a bunch of corns in cages. Who knows? I'm, I'm actually, that's what I'm trying to, trying to get down the collection to a point where that's like, I heard you got rid of old limeade. Ah, see, I didn't tell anyone that yet. I mean, Justin posted him. It was on a podcast. It was on uh, 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 Snakes and Stogies last night. I was watching it live. Those bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to let anything out that I wasn't supposed to. I apologize. No, 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 it wasn't. I just, I I really can't believe that I sold that animal in a way. Um, I loved having him. But but then again, like, it's a green tree. For what I do with my animals, um, 
it's just kind of an ornament and I don't really have many animals like that. I like to, yeah. I like to interact with my animals, even though I could hold them and everything. Holding a green tree Python is like, do you know how awkward that animal is when you hold it? It's like, it's yeah, wobbly. It's like, I don't want to fucking do this. Like, it's like and, an ATB. Uh, ATB is a very awkward animal to hold. It's the same kind of deal. They're like, uh, they get real stiff and like they stretch out and they're like, uh, this is, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. The physical, the physical manifestation of that noise is just what yeah. they're, yeah, what they exactly are. exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they're just tense and weird. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of like, and his behavior is like, I kind of needed to keep him in the corner of the room in order to keep him happy too. He also bit me for the first time before I sold him. So uh, he's like, you're going to sell me. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> and he's always been really chill, but I got him at, at night and I kind of, uh, you know, I had a girl over and she's like, Let you don't, me, have, to, you don't have to explain. I know. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I understand. You know, yeah, when I hold but... my ATBs, you know, when I hold my ATBs, it's usually at nighttime after I've had like four beers and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hold this ATB. It'll be all right. And usually it is, but every once in a while, there's a little bloodletting. It just is what it is, man. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So I looked really cool at least and I uh, got bit by a green tree python for the first time. It actually wasn't that bad. Yeah, um, ATBs yeah, aren't so bad either. Chesty. Everybody freaks out about them. I got bit by my my tiger male and it was like i didn't even feel it and i don't know if that was the four beers or what but it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> whatever man probably they're probably the same on my on my part those ipas are pretty heavy yeah but um this coffee stout is is quite delicious it's eight percent you know you're making me jealous man <laughs> so justin yeah he's in uh capable hands and i said i made a clause in which i sold them for just a ridiculous price in which no one would ever sell a U.S. captive born and bred chondro. And I said, if I ever come to you and say, I want to buy this animal back, I'm buying them back for the same price. And he was like, yeah. So, uh, oh, that's, so cool. that's the Justin, deal. Justin's a good dude. I, I, he's in capable hands for sure. Yeah. And I was like, you know, either this snake is going to you or he's not for sale. So, so that's the deal. So if I, if I ever want him, if I ever want him back, I think Justin will get him a, a bit bigger I think he opened it up. He's like, what the fuck is this thing? He was a kind of tiny little green tree. He wasn't a very big, at least from what I remember, he wasn't a very large green tree. No, kind no. Of, like I, you're uh, making me want to pull out one of my ATBs. Well, I don't know if you, I'm like hour three of, uh, with Riley and Andy one time when we had a lot of fun, Riley was uh, getting bit by the ATB. See, I don't mind the bite. It's just the, the the fucking burnt tire fire musk that they do that I can't. <laughs> it's nasty. You shouldn't get rat snakes then, but that's that's no. a beautiful Amazon dude. That that one was uh, produced by Keith Flax. That's a that's a female. And then hold on one second. I'm gonna pop these out for one second. Yeah, so Austin's been uh, been slowly accruing a collection get this, of some uh, male tiger out of some super awesome ATBs. I uh, I still I still have a, a garden phase ATB that's in my living room, but uh, look at this. that. That's the tiger. This is the male tiger I got from Nick Mutton, orange 
man, the color's all washed out because of this freaking computer light. But he's like freaking bright lava orange. Dude. Uh, so so is that recessive or incomplete dominant? Um, you know, I should know that and I don't. I just bought it because it was pretty. <laughs> so that's like one of the mo- like one of the few morphs in ATBs. So that's kind of like a thing. That's like a, a bit of an investment for you not to look into it. But I love that. You're just like, yeah, that is cool. Looking. I mean, honestly, it's the most expensive snake that I've purchased to date. So um, as far as sink like by itself. Uh, and I don't I don't know. And that's dumb for me not to know. But I just thought it was pretty. So I bought it. That's, that's how I roll, it. man. You know, yeah. if it, I, I think I think it might be recessive, but I don't fucking know. <laughs> Do you have any other plans as far as what you want ATB wise? Just to make more pretty, like beautiful orange snakes. I love reds and oranges, man. That's why I like bread lie. That's why I'm a red orange snake fan. And I also like golden liquid rainbow snakes like Epidora, you know. So I just like colors. I just like pretty, pretty colors. I'm easily, I'm easily satisfied when it comes to like, like I've thought about getting like rainbow boas. My wife, uh, Katie really wants me to get some rainbow boas. I'm like, I don't know. I heard like when they bite, it actually hurts. Like my ACBs, it doesn't hurt when they bite. Like I don't want to get like mouth on, but I don't know. You know, that's just like, and that may be, be uh, maybe me being a, a baby, but, uh, no, that's an ex- that's definitely an excuse for you not to do it because I mean you have all these other animals in which would be just as bad. And like like so like I kind of got to this place where I got that so my last purchase was the the uh the tiger Amazon, right? I got him I wanna say like March, something like that. And my uh my wife was like, So what's your next snake? you know? And I, and it sounds kind of lame, but I don't really. I, there's nothing on my radar, man. Like I just, I've got my my Doomrolls boa pair locked up, like not locked up, but like that. Like I've got that pair, you know. And it took me six years to find a male that was comparable to my female because I wasn't gonna put a like dirt brand. Like there's some ugly Doomrolls bows out there. I if someone says that's a lie, you're you know you haven't seen them because there's some trash looking Doomrolls bows out there. <laughs> Um, and my female is like really good looking. She's got like these salmon oranges and pinks and like just these crazy colors. And I kept on going to reptile shows and, and anybody that's like breeding them has a waiting list. that's like five miles long. So I'm not even going to try that. And so for six years, I'm going to all these reptile shows trying to find a Dumeril's bow and they all just look like trash. They just don't look good. It's not, I'm not putting a trash animal with this beautiful snake that I have. And so I'd kind of gotten to the point of being like, well, I guess I've just got a really pretty pet female Doomerals bow, and I'm cool with that, you know? And we went to this, uh, I can't remember, I think it was, I think it was a Lone Star show. Um, and it was just like this little pop-up breed, like somebody that like decided to do it. I can't even remember who produced her or him. Which, and, by uh, the way, a Lone Star show is like, you know, your real local reptile show. It's not even yeah, like, you, like have, a, you have any RBC Arlington there. You have Repticon Arlington or yeah. something like that. You have a whole bunch it's of at big a VFW, shows there. Or like, it's at a VFW, I think, or like something like that. It's, it's, it's at a very small venue. It's not huge. And 
there was this girl that had like three male Dumeril's boas. <sighs> Two of them looked pretty good. And then one of them was like, shit, that, that's a good looking Dumeril's boa. So I bought it. And this is before the weird Mexican black king snake boom that's happening with Dumeril's boas, which I don't understand. But, uh, uh, not that they're not worth more money. I think that they're worth more than 150 bucks, but $700. Let's, let's be real. Um, 800 now. Whatever. It's ridiculous. Um, like I would say like a pretty Dumeril's bow is like command, like 350, 400 bucks, like max out, you know, but that's just my opinion. Well, that's um, what the $800 ones are. They're bought for 400 and then sold for 800. Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother side of our hobby. That's, uh, Anyway, I don't, I don't want to go there because I'll people are not gonna <laughs> like me. But uh, so I get this animal, and and uh, and finally after six years I get this animal, and and it's great. And then uh, we talked last time I was on about my female Woma Python croaking from a heart attack, apparently according to Bill, which was great information, and I really appreciate that. Thanks for introducing me to him because. Uh, He's an awesome dude. We've shared some memes back and forth, beard and bald related, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, so the, she croaked. So I have, oh, I've got a lone male Woma and I'm like kicking around. Do I just, do I, he's a good looking Woma. He's uh, like, there's nothing wrong with him. He's great looking. Do I try to get another female or do I just say, Hey, that project kind of just went the way, like, do I move on? And I kind of, I'm leaning more towards, Hey, uh, someone could appreciate him more than I do, you know? And not that I don't like Woma Pythons. They're awesome, you know, but, uh, I've got a lot going on in my collection and, you know, uh, I think that somebody else could probably appreciate him more than I do, you know? Um, not that he's not being taken care of, none of that, but just, um, more appreciated, you know? I don't know that I want to go the extra length of trying to find another female that was as good a looking as good looking as the one that I had that died. You know, that sucked. That was people like don't realize shitty. how like debilitating something like that is when you have a female who's like of size or you had for a while and then all of a sudden something happens and then like you have that that moment where you're like, Am I going to restart four years of my life? Like Am I going to recommit to this? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Four years for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, so sometimes it's just like, uh, maybe someone has a female ready and they can just, you know. Have it. I, I would get, yeah. if someone was like, hey. How's his temperament? I really need him. He's totally chill. All, both, like everybody talks about Wilma pythons being these like crazy snakes that'll just bite you and like are super food aggressive. Both of mine are so docile. Like I may snag like, him, man. So docile, man. Really? Okay. I know. I you know. Wanna... I, I don't know. This is complete impulse. Don't impulse buy, folks. Uh, he's but completely yeah, chill, man. He's I'll super mellow. It. Yeah. Let me uh, give me give me twenty four hours to to no, stew. I'm not going to push it decision. on you, dude. If you want him, he's yours. <laughs> it's whatever. But it, and it's not me. Just like it, I guess it's me giving up on the project for sure. But she was like a gem dude like she was beautiful and he's pretty good looking but he ain't the caliber that she was and i want i want the caliber that she was to go with him and to find that is going to be me getting on another waiting list for a year or two and then finally getting it and then waiting another four fucking years and you're just like 
I don't, I know that it's like giving up, but it's at the same time, it's my heart isn't in the project enough to do that. I've got other stuff that I'm really jazzed about that this could go to somebody that would be more excited about it than I am. You know what I mean? And I want to, I want to set up kind of a central Australia type of setup, maybe a naturalistic, ridiculous, like Woma, like, like I did. I'm going to pull him out so you can see him. He's sitting yeah. right next to me. Yeah. And if he's he bites boy. you, then he's not coming here. <laughs> the, the deal is off. <laughs> not allowed. No, he's a good boy. Typically. Yeah. And that's crazy because, you know, I've seen, and actually I was just, uh, we pulled out the tub of, of Eric Burke's Woma and it tried to bite me in the face. So I was like, yeah, this may not be a snake that I ever have. Yeah, man. All right. I'll, that's my, that's my snake. Maybe, maybe <laughs> 24 hours. That's the rule. <laughs> hey man, whatever. He's a good Dude, looking how- he's, he's got a, he's got question marks on his side. We, I call him the Riddler. He's got a question mark on him. Let me try to find Dude, it. That's sick. Oh, I see. I saw right it right there, by your hand. Right there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. His name's the Riddler. If you get him, you have to keep his name though. No, I'm all for it. <laughs> I need to, uh, I'm not a very good name a name giver and i'm trying to now that i'm slimming down and getting to the point where i'm gonna like set everyone up correctly and how you know how i want it i'm gonna try to name everyone and try to get people to know you know these animals by name more so than what i've done in the past because honestly i mean like what you have in your collection it's just so much more personable i mean like to other people and to yourself like i don't know it just gives it an extra layer do you know how many people have like, so I sell these Brettles pythons and they're like, Hey, is that related to squidge? This is a snake that is my whole back female from 2016 that I haven't even bred yet. Like, but because of her name and the, the, like, I guess me posting pictures, they're like, Oh shit, I have a chance to have a snake that looks like that. And I'm not guaranteeing that at all. She is the cream of the crop as far as like, bread lie that i produced so and i almost want to be like hey slight caveat it's probably not going to turn out this good you know like i'm gonna keep anything that looks that good let's just be honest we're our best customers right but it does have the possibility of being that good and i'm not gonna lie to you and be like oh it's definitely gonna look that nice but when they're like hey is this a sibling i'm like yeah she was produced in 2016 this is a 2019 animal it could look like that at some point, you know, it took her a while to color up, you know, but it's the names help out so much as far as like marketing and, 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 and that side of things, you know um, also it makes it personable, you know, like you're saying. Yeah. And if I ever want to get back into YouTube videos more, which I am thinking of because the reason why I stopped is honestly because my collection is too large and all the breeding and all the feeding babies, there's just not enough time. But uh, this, yeah, man, like, I would love to to have people know these snakes by name. This is a uh, his name is Satroka, which is Malagasy for uh, smoke. Oh, that's sick! How do you even yeah. figure out what Malagasy for smoke? Did you Google Translate it? Yeah, hell yeah, I did. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, this is my this is my male. He's got another year. I thought I was going to be able to get him up to a uh, size for his feet, but she'll fucking crush him. She weighs like 20 pounds. There's no fucking way that I could put him in there. So he's got another year before I can pair them up. But uh, 
you know, he looks really good. He's still not as good looking as she is, but he is really good looking as far as Jumeril's bows are concerned. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's kind of underestimated how big that that animal, your adult animal, is is a load. No, man. she's a she, she's a big girl, dude. Like the deal is, is she's only like five and a half foot long, and she's not fat. She doesn't have any lateral lot like wrinkles on. They're just it's a ground bow, man. They are hefty, hefty animal. If I if this giant desk wasn't in front of her enclosure, I'd pull her out for you. But it's yeah, we're podcasting, so I can't do it. My my mom, I don't know if you heard that, the vibrate of the phone, she said I have to wait 24 hours. Which apparently apparently my mom has a say in what I do in my own household as a 28-year-old. Hey, you know, hey, you know it's a years and didn't realize we shared the same birthday? That blows my mind. <laughs> well, I remember like popping up on my on my uh on my Facebook uh newsfeed and it's like Wish Joe Phelan a, ha- a happy birthday. I was like, bitch, it's my birthday. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're birthday yeah, brothers, man. man. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes it easy. But uh, yeah, dude, how about those uh, those birthday slash Christmas gifts that you get? A two what for one. Those, oh, the, uh, the, the corn no, things? People, or Oh no, people people give you a gift for Christmas and your birthday oh, at the same time. Oh, that's our freaking life, dude. I that has made me so fucking callous towards my birthday. Like it, my 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 wife's like she's like I'm doing something special and she does. She really does. You know, she tries to make my birthday, but it's just like year, like 31 years of like Christmas overshadowing the fact that my birthday is 5 days later. And you're just like, eh, fuck my birthday. I don't really care. Then you got New Year's right after. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like Christmas, and then your birthday's five days later, and then everybody's jazzed about New Year's Eve, and you're just like, eh, whatever, man. That's whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't really look too much into it. Other than one of my good friends, Joe Phelan, has the same birthday as me, and I didn't know it after knowing him for three years. So it's, it's wild, and. uh but yeah, as far as uh, you got Doomerals boas, is there anything else that you've that you've added recently besides ATBs? Uh, ATBs are pretty much it, man. I've uh, I, I'm really like, I've got the, the bull snake, and I'm, <laughs> it's it's a male, and I've had it forever. You've met it, you know. It's it's a good little snake. I love it to death. Pitchophis is awesome. I would really like to get into some of the like crazy morphs that Pitchophis had. There's some weird shit that looked really, really cool. And I'm not typically a morph guy, but uh, I'm really considering getting a female of one of the like the red, those red, I don't even know. Is it like an albino? The red? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want one of those. I, uh, I've been checking out like, uh, looking into like some of the Asian rat snakes and stuff. I don't know what it is about like foreign stuff, but I, that's just kind of where a little bit, I lean more towards the exotic stuff, I guess. Uh, I like, can we, can we rewind to when you said that you didn't think there was any species in which you could ever get into and you pretty much had everything you <laughs> hey, wanted, hey man. I'm, I'm three, I'm three <laughs> beers in man. I'm three beers in. Uh, 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 three, three, 8.0% beers. in. but, um, anyway, 
I'm trying not to swear as much too, and I'm not I'm not being successful at all. I feel I'm, really I'm bad whenever I'm on. I, I feel really bad whenever I'm on your podcast because I feel like I'm like swearing too much, and it's just kind of who I am. I'm, I know it's also kind of bouncing off of me. <laughs> yes, that is what I want. I want a female one of those. That's exactly so this what is I want. a red albino produced by uh, Evergreen State Reptiles. I That's want a one. wild fucking animal, right? Yes, yes, yes. So there's and that. I off. would like to get, and I've had that. I've had that king or the king snake. Jesus Christ, the bull snake. Since it was a freaking the size of a pencil and all jacked up from a cat, and and it, I don't hold it hardly at all, but it's still very chill. She gave me or he gave me his first threat display that he's ever i've had him for four or five years i think i got him so 15 so five years he like i pulled him out to ch- do his substrate change because i told you i was doing all the cypress most change and he got in the tub and he started and just puffing up the first time in five years that he's ever done that to me and i was like that's what's up man yes yes that's what you're supposed to do quit acting like such a baby let's go you know, Which is but, crazy, you know, for a wild caught animal. I have plenty of yeah. captive born and bred pigeophis that hate my guts. No, it's a, she, I mean, he's cool. I can pull him out. I could go grab him right now and he'd be totally fine. He's fly, like, he moves a lot. He doesn't want to be like, yeah. I have to sit there and like working through my hands, but he's not musking on me. He's not biting me. None of that. He's, he's, he's very as, calm. Like, as like python people the kind of mutations and animals that they're used to i feel that pituophis is like a perfect colubrid. i like pituophis a lot man if they and the only thing that keeps me a little bit from like i think that i am going to end up getting a female especially because he's wild caught and i would love to see what that does with some kind of weird mutation like that red albino but uh it's their shit man they smell so bad they, they stink so bad. It's like <laughs> it's so bad. Like you come in and you're like, the pituophis. Like it, it, you know, there's not. It's not like where's this coming from? I just know it's the bottom of the rack on the right. I can open it up and there's gonna be a dog-sized pile of shit that has been splattered all over the side of the tub. That's that's just is what it is. So yeah, and it's not it's not python one rat one uh one shit it's uh I would, you, you get multiple sometimes yeah yeah and so he's probably hungry all the time i feed him quite a bit uh but he gets like big meals like I, i'll give him a big meal and then it's like hey you hang out for a little bit but uh so as far as what i have and i know that you brought it back to like i'm good where i'm at right now and for the most part like if it was like hey you can't buy anything anymore i'd be happy i would be satisfied i wouldn't be like oh but but i would be i if you're asking there's some colubrids that i would like to get into you know and some of it's the more rare stuff it just got darker in here because my poplin python cages just went off um so like if I could get my hands on just one, I don't even want to breed. I just would like to keep uh, uh pitch or not pitch. It's good. Lord. Hold on. Let me gather myself. Um, Patias Carinata. Like I, I would like to just have one in a really cool bioactive setup just because I think they're insanely cool snakes, you know? Um, 
cave dwelling rat snakes i would like to have a pair of those at some point that's 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 definitely on my list of things that i would like to have uh and then like uh what is it the uh thousand flower rat snake is that what it is i'll endorify yeah yes 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 i would like to have a pair of those as well but i would say that like as far as my as far as like boa day like pythons boas i'm pretty satisfied i don't feel the need to get anything else but there are some colubrids that i would like to get my hands on um you know uh i don't know i i uh i think i've slept on the colubrid train a little bit and uh dude it's pulling the, in it's it definitely is definitely is colubrid. Like and then and that's not saying like I'm gonna dump everything that I have at all, but there's just there's a there's a select few things that like like uh Meldorfi, like I've seen those. I mean I since I remember getting into snakes pretty hardcore in two thousand eleven two thousand twelve, uh and you like you would see, I remember in the early 2000 like 11 2012 they were kind of you'd see them on YouTube and stuff quite a bit and then all of a sudden it's nothing like I don't you don't see them hardly at all how could you not want that I, to me that's really really cool I like the reds on the like the green turquoisey contrast that's it's just really badass to me but and they're big I don't know if people realize how big they get how, at least how for big you. how big do they get I don't even know I've only seen them in like the four foot range I, how big do they get I want to say six feet I don't want to talk uh I don't want I don't want to get it wrong I want to find a picture of uh, of an adult but I saw one I saw an adult I want to say it was at NERBC Arlington that the Zirkles brought out and it was a big animal let's see what yeah. uh these sweet care care oh of course it's going to be uh <laughs> in centimeter what is it metric yeah let's see what 250 centimeters equals 2.7 yards damn it uh, feet. <laughs> eight eight feet man eight that's a big feet. ass snake 2.7 yards is a big ass snake dude for <laughs> colubrid that's a big <laughs> ass snake <laughs> Oh man, yeah, but that I, is, uh, I could I could definitely see myself getting into them, and uh, probably before cave dwelling rat snakes, honestly, just because you don't, they don't have a lot of representation. You know, there are people that are messing with, uh, and then oh, barons. Did you get barons? What's the deal with that? Are you getting barons? Did you get barons? What's going on with that? Because I really want barons, but the one thing that's keeping me away from them is the whole rear fang thing. Cause I'm like allergic to weird hey, bro, shit. My I, my mom is listening. Come on, you're ruining it for me. She's, now, now she's gonna. Yeah. Uh... Okay. Anyway, I'm allergic to weird shit, and uh, that's the one thing that like I'm like, eh, do I really like? I've got an epipen and everything, but <laughs> are you allergic to like bee stings or? Um. Not to like, where I'm like, not to where I'm gonna go into like anaphylaxis, but like the swelling and itching and shit lasts for like two weeks, so kind of more than the normal person. Yeah. So that's that's what like makes me kind of nervous about it. Yeah, you'd be that that one guy who has the picture on the. <laughs> hey, he got he got bit by a Baron's rat snake and had a and had a heart attack from from going into anaphylaxis and died, you know. Um, and and so like and it's not out of the like question. It's not something that I wouldn't keep, 
I would love to have some blue barons, man. They, they're just so cool looking. Like, how could you see that and be and just not want to keep it? You know, it's I would say like cave dwelling rat snakes, blue barons, uh, uh, Mondorfi, and then the the red albino bull snakes. That's 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 kind of like as far as colubrids go. That's where I'm at. And these are Look all at that, they're like, like outrageous like you aren't messing around as far as like coloration yeah. and everything yeah that's that looks like an, it doesn't look like it's been edited to me as far as the photo is concerned it doesn't look super washed out now that one down there that's all blue to the right oh, a little bit and that, yeah. that is definitely photoshopped that is not real <laughs> but look at these the the green yeah. next to the blue. that's cool so. film and I even like uh, just like Western hogs, but it's the same kind of deal. It's like, do I, do I want to have a EpiPen in my snake room? Because like, I can't eat a plum without my throat closing up. Like I'm allergic to like weird fruits and shit. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, it just puts shit in perspective a little bit. It's stuff that I can appreciate, I guess, from afar. I don't think I'll ever own Barons. I would really like to, but I don't think that it's in my, it isn't worth risking my life to do it. I think that I like could have a really adverse reaction to it just because I'm allergic to strange things. So uh, it kind of bums me out because it's something that I would love to work with, you know, but. Yeah, for sure. This is my dream animal that I'm never going to get. What is that? It's an Ethiopian mountain adder. It's okay. something like that. Oh, there it is. Parvia cola. I think it said more fluidly than that, but if, if we're talking like, if we're talking like dream, uh, dream, uh, venomous, my dream venomous would be a female waggler. I, 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 dude, that's a badass snake though. That's ridiculous. That scalation is insane. All the, all the bidets are just unreal. I mean, this animal is just outrageous. This is, that's, that's, that's my dream hot right there. That right there is my dream hot for sure. And my, my, so goofy, man. my most recent tattoo is kind of a uh, waggler eye-ish. I can't see it. I can't put it up there, but I don't think. Yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever. But the head is, the head structure is very much tattoo artist is doing he's like he's like yeah this is just like uh, uh early turn of the century uh just a snake and i was like dude that looks like a freaking female waggler eye that's badass i would yes let's do that right there you know but uh yeah it's in a weird spot i can't there we go you can kind of see the head a little bit yeah but Look at uh, homeboy's nails. Yeah, dude. Ew, that's nasty, dude. <laughs> that's fucking gross. I'm one of those uh, guys that clips my nails extra short because I can't stand seeing dirt under my nails. So to me, that looks fucking nasty, man. Ugh. <laughs> Are you trying to be a witch or something? That is gross. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sitting there. <laughs> it's nasty. You ever see those girls with the giant nails like try to text? 
And yeah, like, it's gross. And it's like click, 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 click. You ever looked at the bottom of those girls' fingernails? I don't want to. It's doo doo brown, dude. It's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. But yeah, man. As far as like stuff I got going on, I, I'm I'm pretty good, except for I would like to get a female that uh male, and then I'm gonna ship you this woman python, you know, but uh, which will help me out, but. Uh, there you go. Uh, you know, I uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm doing pretty good as far as that. I I don't know. I I just would like to progress some of the projects that I have versus. Oh yeah, give me that Harry Bush fiber baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan Cox and Justin were talking about these guys. Yeah, I chat. love Harry. That's a squam, right? I love this Harry Bush vipers. Yeah. A Ferris. I've got some pretty cool ones. Uh, some photos of some pretty cool ones. Sorry, I don't have any, but I've got some really cool photos of some that are that I need to get uh, framed. I, they're just like sitting out in my snake room. I want to frame them. Yeah, cool animals. I am like a total idiot when it comes to venomous reptiles. Me too. I wa- I listen to like snakes and stogies and stuff, and they're using all these scientific names. I'm like, yeah. I know what a pygmy is, but uh, I don't know what uh, all these other scientific names you're using are. But I'm down to watch what you guys are doing and smoke a cigar. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm getting into now uh, house plants and different types of plants because I'm working on the vivarium. So I'm learning all type of uh, different different ridiculous genuses and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, yeah, there's like there's a nerdy part of everything in which you just use Latin names and you got to remember yeah. all this. Dog yeah. shit. I remember some of them, but it's just like, I, I only remember like, it's just like school. I'm only interested in the shit that they're like, I only remember the shit that interests me. Like, yeah. like I'm not going to remember all these fucking Latin names for these rat snakes that live in West Texas that I don't give a fuck about. Not that they're <laughs> not awesome, but I don't give a fuck about them. It just is what it is, man. I'm not trying to be rude, but Hey, it is what it is. I would love to find them, but I'm still, even after I find them, probably not going to remember the scientific name. Sorry. That just is what it is. And I, and I give kudos to people that can do that. It just, I don't have the brain capacity. It just. Yeah. Yeah, We, we have our (laughs) limit as far as everybody has their threshold of stuff that they're willing to remember. And for me, it's, scientific names of stuff that i'm interested in and anything past that i don't care <laughs> and you're liable to completely mess up the scientific name anyhow but, i mean as long as you, have, yeah as long as you go into it like saying like hey i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but hey this is what i think is cool then you get a pass as far as i'm concerned like I, whatever you know breadles bread lie breadly whatever I, okay so I'm cool with all those except for that last one you just said. I can't say that. that, that I can't do that. Bradley, I, and I know that everybody, everybody says, like, that's how you're supposed to say it. I'm like, now nah, never. I'm never going to say that that way, ever. It doesn't matter how many times that someone's like, hey, that's how you're supposed to say it. You will never hear me say Bradley other than it's just so right hard. now. We are so used to saying everything, just saying the I at the end, in which, you know, we can't change the rules now. We've gone too far. Yeah, I'll say Breadles. In the wrong rules all along, but I don't know. Bread lie, bread. Lie. Even bread lie. I just say Breadles. That's kind of my. 
go to. Uh, Bread Live said, but Bread Lee? That just doesn't sound Bredles good. Bread is technically the common name. Yeah, like Bredles Bredles. is the plural. It's like, hey, here, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't sound good to me personally, but I think his actual name, wasn't it Bradley? That That's like how the Australians pronounce his last name, right? Is that why everybody says that that's how it's supposed to be said or? I have no idea. No, I think there's some rule. Um, if Scott was here, he'd tell us all about it. I, I forgot. I forgot what's right. Sorry, Scott. He was in the chat. <laughs> Uh, when we were bullshitting about water pythons to set us straight on our shit, uh, he needed to be <laughs> say Bredles or Bradley. Bradley, yeah. I'm. I there's there's too much murka in me to say Bradley. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> so you want you want to talk geckos? Yes, please tell me what you've got going on, man. You talk a little bit. I haven't talked a lot, so you talk. I got morning geckos, which are super fun. I actually got them from Bill Bradley. So Bill Bradley sent me over some some morning geckos as well as some cutting of some plants, which is super awesome. Um, and uh, and Zilla plant lights, which was also awesome, courtesy of Zilla, which was uh, I've my first time messing with those. And since I have a bunch of plants, I have a bunch of stuff to to basically try out. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. the The morning geckos have been super fun. I set them up all bioactive, so mm-hmm. I have some springtails in there. I have some powder green or powder green powder orange isopods. And love them. I love them. I've, I've been putting the powder oranges. I've been putting the little um, the mankai or the the babies in there. Mm-hmm. And is that what uh, you call a bat baby powder orange? A mankai? Is that yeah yeah like like man m-a-n-c-a-e sounds like some karate kid shit to me (laughs) yeah some people call them monkeys but uh i I believe mankai would be the the correct way to say it but i've been putting the little ones in there and they actually chase after them um i wasn't sure if they were eating them definitely the bigger ones they were killing them really Uh, yeah, yeah, the the little morning geckos. And Jesus. by the way, morning geckos. If people don't know, the ones that I have maybe two inches long. Um, so these are like a little micro gecko. But um, yeah, but I've been really enjoying them. They were they were killing them, and now the bodies are gone. So I don't know if the other isopods took care of them or they just uh, they ended up eating them. But uh, I got some fruit flies cultures for them as well to to eat those. But I wanted to see if they would eat the isopods, and I don't know. I guess they are doing something. I actually I have a story today of one of these guys. Let me hey. see. It's so fun going hey. to the enclosure and trying to find them. One second. Let me. I just got to step out for just one second, just real quick. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the little morning gecko. And it's really hard to to describe how small it is, but I'll try my best as far as that pebble is probably about the size of a quarter or so. So this little gecko is just perched up on it. And it's fun going into a bioactive enclosure that's filled with plants every single day and trying to basically find the animals that are in there because they are all in different places. It seems like they will have their spot where they hang out for a day and then I see them there, and then they get startled from me seeing them, and then they don't go back to that exact spot. They'll go back to a different spot, and for a little while, there was uh, one of them was actually hanging out in the air plant, 
and the air plant it has like these little it's hard to you guys probably know what an air plant looks like but he was basically had his little arms and legs wrapped around the air plant looked like he was holding on for dear life he was pretty adorable but uh so yeah i've been having fun trying to see what they do and kind of their daily behaviors they go you know all over the enclosure they are getting a little bit they've grown a little bit used to me and they don't exactly run away every single time i i see them now but uh and also, they weren't they weren't shy about hunting at all which i thought was pretty cool and they were pretty active in uh trying to murder things which is uh cool for a little two inch creature we're start, still talking about the morning geckos yeah, I just rambled for a while. I know. It's, okay, it's a right. lot for a morning gecko. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. I had I had they to deserve it out real quickly. A lot of liquids going in, a lot of liquids going out. You know, <laughs> that was actually impressively quick. Hey um, man, I don't want to hold up the podcast, and I'm enjoying this. So, so my my question to you was: I heard you mention uh, on the uh, I think it was the lat like two podcasts ago uh, that you're are you breeding gargoyle geckos or you just got some, what's going on with that? Are you breeding them? Yeah. So Chris, Chris paint job. He actually sent me a bunch of badlands herpetoculture. He sent me a bunch of gargoyle geckos and he said, Hey, you know, get your bearing with these and then we can, we can resell them kind of as a partnership thing. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to sell them without knowing how to keep them. And then in the meantime, I kind of uh, we worked out a deal to get some some higher end geckos. So I wasn't I wasn't sure at the time exactly what I wanted to start off with as mm-hmm. far as projects go, but I got really into the oranges, and it's just something I guess that came naturally as far Ooh, as that's cool as hell, man. That's, I like sure it, It's like the original like Port City Pythons logo was orange, and so. I just and and most people like the red, but honestly, I find the orange to be more striking against the other coloration. So I like that a lot, dude. So, so this are is you, a gecko. Are, so this is a obviously a young gecko. Are you like raising this up to breed? What's going on? Are you what, what like what are you doing? Are you selling geckos? Are you breeding geckos? What's going on? So I am selling geckos. I have some crested geckos for sale as well as some gargoyle geckos for sale. But uh, these guys are the ones that I'm that I'm holding holding back, back. Okay. well not not even i i honestly i i uh traded out a project for uh for these guys so i traded project for project from chris this was actually i believe one of his holdback oranges and and he he made the mistake of he sent me a picture and he's like you know like i don't have really this is what i have it's good but it's not as good as this one um, but this one's my holdback and I'm not going to get rid of it. So of course I had to be like, all right, these are the animals I'm going to give you, but I have to have that holdback. Uh, and that's badass, man. I like that yeah. a lot. So I, I strong armed Chris out of this guy right here. He got, uh, he got, he got an equal, definitely an equal trade in there, but, but, um, you I got, and I, you and I are going to talk, we, you and I are going to talk some one more Python stuff here in a minute after after hours oh no oh yeah oh yeah so so i got that guy as well as i got another i got another orange which isn't as striking but it's still pretty mm-hmm. nice and then i got a little yellow so yellow is actually it's not as striking as a lot of them but it is kind of 
uh, less worked with coloration in gargoyle geckos. And I Something do. Has the love, potential. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like the yellows and browns. It actually looks good together. It's like a, you ever see like those old school Steelers uniforms that are like yeah. chocolate yeah. brown and yellow. Yeah. It like, it has that to it. It's almost like a like an old candy bar or something. Like I don't know. There's something like old fashioned looking to it. It's pretty cool. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, my uh, daughter has a bit like it's it's just like uh I don't even know. I don't know shit about crested geckos other than they're really cool. Um, and I've really wanted to kind of get it. I for me, not her, but. Uh, some gargoyle geckos. I think gargoyle geckos and also Lichianus are pretty badass. Uh, that's where I got my start in reptiles was geckos. Uh, I had a couple leopard geckos and I had them for like 15 years. Um, and I love lychees. Ever the first time I saw a lychee, I didn't think it was real, man. Like I was at a reptile show and I was like, what? The, what in the hell is that? Like what? What is that? Um, it's it's such an impressive animal and i don't know that i'd want to breed him i would like to have one for a pet you know just because it's such a big gecko you don't think of geckos being this giant animal that you can i mean it's the size of your forearm dude some of them some of them get so big the it's just very impressive to me you know um but also gargoyle geckos I like cresteds are really cool, but uh, gargoyle geckos to me between like if you're like uh, comparing gargs and and uh, cresteds, I, I I personally I like the gargs better, uh, just phenotyp like the way they look better, you know. Um, yeah, I thought at first that I actually liked that I liked the crested geckos more, and then just the more I was looking at gargoyle geckos, I was like, come on, man these just it's the eye dude it's the eyes it's the it's the eyes it's the way that the the little po the little like i don't even know what you call them the little crown on the back of their head just like pokes up on the back side of the eye i don't know i just think they're really really badass and kind of underrated compared to cresteds cresteds are really cool don't get me wrong like i love my daughter his name's mushu uh, from mulan she, she named it mushu but uh, and he's like kind of like one of those really like yellow, yellow, ye like really bright yellow khaki uh, uh, cresteds. And my daughter, she knows herself very well, and she said, uh, she said, I want that one, Dad, because it doesn't have a tail, and I won't be scared if it like I won't be scared if the tail pops off. Very much <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's very much like that. It's almost even a little bit more yellow on the like the dorsal. It's very bright on the dorsal. And he's, he's just turned into this like lug and you can see like the big, like, like, uh, hemipene bulges and he's just, his head's huge. And he's turned into, we got him and he was like, like teeny. And now he's just this big old brute male and he just, it, he's awesome. I, I really dig him. And, uh, and she's like, I really want a, a female dad. And I was like, well, let's get his cage upgraded and you can get a female and I'll try to talk to some people about getting you a female for him. I know people that, that deal with that kind of stuff, you know, and, uh, she loves him to death, you know, and, and I don't know, geckos are just such a cool way to get, it's such a like good ambassador species to get people into reptiles because for the most part, they're super friendly unless we're talking about tokays or even some leechianas I've heard are kind of bitey, but, uh, 
it's just a great ambassador species for the reptile community, you know? Uh, yeah, they're so like they're not intimidating, especially not at all. They're they're super not ready to bite ever or even really defend themselves, and they're also super easy to keep. They eat a powdered diet, like all these things make them it's just so simple. Yeah, and they tame down super easy. Even the jumping, like they tame down quite a bit. Another thing that I would like to get into is the uh, uh, help me out the the leaf tails. From Madagascar, what's the genus? Genic leaf geckos, Europlatus. Europlatus, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to get some Europlatus. It's, I would say that geckos, as far as legged creatures, <laughs> for me, are uh, definitely uh, on my radar for something to expand upon because that's where I started. You know, the yeah, geckos were what got me into this, and I feel like I'm kind of ignoring something that got me into. The stuff that I love that keeps me sane, man, you know? Yeah, I want to look up. Um, Chris Chris has these. Oh, damn it. Now I'm on a guitar pedal. Uh, <laughs> oh, is this, uh, the, is, this, is this the one I said, what is that legged creature? And you're like, what, what is this? This is a Eurodactylus, I think it's that, or Eurodactylus agricoli. I think it's called the chameleon gecko. It's a New Caledonian gecko, I believe. And um, I want to find a good picture of it. Some of them are just super, super cool looking. You have um, these, don't and you? they're no, no. This oh, is okay. uh, a little bit next level for me. Uh, but they're, are they're, they smaller? I don't believe so. I think they're they stay in about the same range as your. Uh, as your cresteds and your uh what do you call them okay. gargoyles find a uh and keep in mind i'm talking about something i pretty much know nothing about hey but, those are the uh, best things to talk about right <laughs> yeah yeah but i want to i want to bring up some some good pictures of them cuz there there's a lot cooler species than you'd like you'd Ooh, expect that's really cool Dude, like the the scalation on this yeah. is just weird. It's intense. And wow. the the mouth goes pretty much all the way back here. That looks like it'd give you a good bite if it wanted to. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if they want to. Uh, yeah, they I are. doubt they I, I doubt they do. I just see that big mouth and I think it's okay geckos, so I mean, it's definitely possible. I once again know nothing about them. This one's even a little bit more lychee shaped, it seems. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, man. But yeah, they're just—they're just, so it, they're super cool, man. This one looks severely obese. <laughs> it's got like fat folds on its fat folds. <laughs> <laughs> And keep in mind, it was on a finger of a human being and it had fat folds on its fat folds. <laughs> but dude, look at that mouth. Come on, it is lined in yellow like that. That's really cool, man. Cool. Wow. Yeah, it's just something that I feel like, like, I feel like I don't give it its, like, I don't know, its shine, you know, in my collection because it's something that I got. That's what got me into reptiles was geckos, period that's it that was what got me into reptiles and i've really gone a, like way far away from that and i would like to kind of just have, not anything crazy 
just have a pair of gargs and like maybe a pair of lychees, maybe, or just a single lychee. I'm cool with that. Uh, just to kind of change it up a little bit, you know, snakes, I think can make us a little bit lazy, just a little bit. Just yeah. Little it's bit. kind of nice to, I don't know, just have something different. And then for me, it's kind of have something that's more, more hands off but needs more attention meaning like i'm spraying them more often i'm feeding them more often but i can set it up bioactive i can put isopods in there i can put springtails in there i can mess with different substrates and different different leaf litter i think it's also just kind of a me being able to experiment with different things yeah uh, yeah that's a new stuff yeah i totally get that man i totally get that that's where i come in with the the different colubrids and stuff because I've been dealing with so all the like this bow day stuff that the colubrids flip it on its head. It's a completely different thing for me uh, from what I'm used to. It changes my routine a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's one thing to be like, you know, your pythons, they're all kind of a little bit different to breed and they have their different challenges, but husbandry wise, I mean, you're looking at pretty similar animals. Like um, once they're adults, feed them once a month, if that every month and a half. That's at least for me. That's what I don't. I don't over. Like I really try to limit my feedings. I do fairly larger meals. My poplins. The last time they ate my two adults over here. Uh, the last time they ate is about a month and some change ago. And I took one of my. We had to cull a bunch of our chickens cut their feet off, cut their beaks off. I tossed the whole chicken in there and they ate the whole chicken. I mean, that's plenty of nutrients for them. Also the feathers clean them out and get any kind of junk that's in their digestive tract. Think of feathers like fiber. It just cleans everything out and uh, which is good for them. They're probably about to get one more meal before we shut things down, you know, in October. So it just, I don't know, it'd be a nice change to get some, some like legged creatures in here and everything stays temperate enough in my room that I think anything from New Caledonia would do well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, well, let's wrap this up and then we can talk, we can talk Womas and geckos. <laughs> Sounds after. good, brother. So I where enjoy. can people, where can people find you? You can find me at Ragebeard Reptiles on Facebook and Instagram, and I just listed a buttload of Brettles pythons on uh, Morph Market. They are a four sire to a Harris line female, uh, and so if you're interested, hit me up. Let me know. Uh, I'm an open book. If you need help or whatever, I'll answer any questions you have. And those guys are well started, right? Yeah, they're uh, they were born September 9th of last year, so they're over a year old. Come on, you can't beat that. <laughs> Too easy. Uh, as for me, Port City Pet everywhere, Port City Pet Instagram, Facebook, Port City Pythons podcast, YouTube. Here we are from the ground up podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here, Austin. Thanks for hanging out, and we will catch thanks everyone. Thanks for having next me on, week. brother. Of course.